This is Star Wars Rebels Alert, the weekly podcast after show recapping and discussing each and every episode of Star Wars Rebels Season 3. I'm Ernest Tim. I'm Troy. Yes, this is our brand new podcast presented by The Nerd Room. That's right. And because this is our first episode, we're going to discuss a little bit here at the top of what this podcast is going to be about and a little bit about Troy and myself. We're huge, avid Star Wars fans, massive fans. Big time. Yes, and this idea, this concept of a podcast discussing Rebels was kind of conceived out of that love for Star Wars. And what we're trying to do here is is really focus in our passion of Star Wars because Star Wars is such a broad topic, right? right? And there's always a lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. But the concept of Rebels that we both really like is that it's all brand new material. Yes. And a couple of years ago, Disney took over and they basically went and wiped out the EU. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were really upset about that. But we're looking at this as an opportunity because that allows us to actually grow with the Star Wars universe. Love it. When we came into the Star Wars universe, you know, even as children, mm-hmm. you know, we grew up, you know, collecting the Power of the Force 2. That's right. Watching the special editions. And we were on that cusp. We've always proclaimed ourselves here and on our flagship show, The Nerd Room, that we're not prequel haters. Right. You know, we're all encompassing, all embracing Star Wars fans. The whole universe. Yes, yeah. and and seeing that they're pulling elements from all over the place in this yeah. show in particular, we thought this was the best place to focus and discuss and talk about different aspects of what we're seeing in this and how that develops into the broader Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Because this is our first episode, you know, we're going to lay down a little bit of pumping of the, the episode, where you can find us and all that, and tell you a bit about ourselves. So you can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and even YouTube. That's right. So we're trying to give all platforms for your listening pleasure across here. We're always encouraging people to be part of the show, part of the larger community that we're trying to build with the Nerd Room with Star Wars Rebel Alert. So you can always grab us on Twitter for this show in particular at SWRebelsAlert. And then also SWRebelsAlert at gmail.com is our email. And we're also on Facebook. Just search Star Wars Rebels Alert or SWRebelsAlert. You can always get a hold of us there. So we're again, we're trying to encourage an interaction between the listeners and us here sitting on the other side of the microphone and to have that community grow around Star Wars Rebels Alert or even our other show that drops every Thursday where we talk about comic books and movies and more of a broader perspective of news. A lot of Star Wars talking as well. (laughs) This just allows us to focus a little more. Try it. Tell the listeners a little bit about where you fall as far as a lover of Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. You go, uh, I mean, if you check out us on the podcast at The Nerd Room, you'll already know my love for the prequels and the original trilogy, obviously, as well. Um, I fall in love with Star Wars probably since, um, well, the, the early days. You know, I, I had the Super Nintendo video games. I had the Lego sets. I had the, the Power of the Force figures as well, too. Um, as an adult now, I have the Black Series big time. Lover of the Black Series figures going on, and a little bit of the Elite Series. Big time into the comics, though. That's definitely where my my forte is of the franchise. And I also uh, pick up a couple of the novels now, too, going into the new um, new canon. Yeah. So um, I've been down with uh, Rebels, though, since uh, Clone Wars. So Clone Wars has really got me into the Rebels uh, series. Um, It was the Rebels Season 2 trailer, though. That really made me step into this world of rebels, you know. And each year, seeing these characters grow and grow constantly, the pulling from ties of the legends with uh, Thrawn, obviously now, and maybe even a little bit of the Old Republic because yeah. they mentioned the planet Malachor in the previous season finale, um, yeah. right? And even so, the Ralph McQuarrie art, so that's pulling art, from yeah, it's, it's yes. pulling so much from that, so much. And I'm really starting to embrace it because at first I wasn't too fond of it, yeah. but as the shows progressed, I'm really liking it, and I, I can I totally appreciate it. So uh, yeah, I'm just loving everything we got so far. Yes. Yeah. It's fantastic. And myself, I'm a, also a huge Star Wars fan. I'm an avid collector of mm. 
three three quarter inch from the vintage right through to the modern black series six inch lego funko elite series all of it i'm a bit obsessive (laughs) big into the comics as well i've got every series of recent star wars comic books Mm -hmm. and i like try to i try to keep up as much as you can with the novels that are dropping and again this comes back to this concept is that we're growing with the star wars universe and because we have that ability now to almost keep up with what they're (laughs) pumping out as far as universe content it's a lot easier not having to go back and try to find you know six or seven or or hundreds of novels and hundreds of comic books to understand the implications for the old republic or what's going on post return of the jedi and it is hard to swallow the idea that thrawn was removed from canon because those are some of my favorite novels the thrawn trilogy by timothy zahn is incredible yes but the fact that they brought him back in it's, again, we're going to get into that a bit, oh, yeah. but it's something that I've been dying to see and something that I've been excited for ever since the first clip at Star Wars Celebration. Yes. You know, we're here to to celebrate and discuss and talk and review. You're never really going to hear a bad <laughs> thing out of us, I don't think, as far as Star Wars. We might pick a few things here and there yeah. that we don't particularly like, but being that we are these, you know, fanboys yeah, you know, to the core. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're loving this. And All of. It was really Troy's relentless encouragement that got me into <laughs> Rebels. I'm, I'm not a veteran like Troy is of watching the Clone Wars. I never put the time into the 125-plus <laughs> episodes or whatever it is. But it was really that season two trailer that Troy was like, dude, you got to check this out. This is, you know, when we're seeing Vader, yes. we're getting images of Maul, and the intensity of the show really started to pick up. Mm-hmm. So I, I watched season two, and then I went right back and watched season one nice. and caught up just in time for the season finale of season two. And then this year, you know, we're sitting here, we're literally minutes out from watching the season premiere of Star Wars Rebels here. Right. And that's what we're going to do with this podcast. We're just going to discuss, recap a bit, and just go through some of the high points and the low points, if there are any, yep. and talk about what we liked about the about, about the episode yep. and what we're seeing as far as developments, as far as contextually when it comes to the wider Star Wars universe. Yeah, sounds good. All right, so let's jump right into the season premiere here. Mm-hmm. So Steps Into the Shadow, as it's called. Love that title. So this is coming out of season two, where we had big implications. I sat down and watched... The last two episodes, Twilight Apprentice, mm. right before we watched this. And I wanted to really get a feel for the vibe coming out of season two and how it was left on somewhat of a down note. Oh, yeah. Compared to what you've seen before. And this has been pulled through into this episode. Right away, the first thing that you comment on, Troy, was the tone that they're setting. Right. They're sitting in an 830 time slot. Yeah. And we're seeing at the start here, Ezra, he's a badass. He's ruthless. Yes. Right? But he's ruthless. He has yeah. no remorse. No. Nope. And it's interesting, when you go back and listen to Maul's speech in the season finale, he's talking about embracing the dark side and embracing your anger, your hate, and you're starting to really see that in Ezra. Yeah. And it's hard to bridge from season two to season three because he's made a lot of progression. He's grown up quite a bit. Yes. So we've made a big leap in time here Mm -hmm. at some point. So we're looking at... What would you say? I think I think we're looking at a year because I yeah. believe when season one started, we're about five, yeah. four years before A New Hope. Yeah, the right? Battle of Yavin is like kind of that key point. Yeah, right exactly. And with each season, a year probably passes by. So I think Ezra's sitting roughly about the age of 17, yeah, okay. 16 tops yeah. maybe because he is a bit older than Leia. Yeah, so yeah. We're, we're getting really close to Rogue One 
and to New Hope Timeline. Right. We're probably a year or a year and a half out. Yeah. And that was another thing that really drew me into Rebels was the idea, this concept of the rebellion just isn't there. Yes. This is a building. This is different cells. They're helping each other. And this is something that's touched on again in the season premiere here about building this larger rebellion. Yes. And we really see Ezra starting to come in his own. He gets a promotion. Yeah, lieutenant. And his powers are amped up. Yeah. Very reminiscent of if you all played the game uh, The Force Unleashed. I'm kind of getting a Starkiller vibe here. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's progressing quite a bit, doing some dramatic things with his powers. Yeah, and he's rocking a new lightsaber. Yeah, the green one. Yeah, so he had that destroyed by Vader, his yeah. old one that he constructed. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it could be a different kyber crystal because I yeah. think it's based on color there. Yeah. So we've seen a completely different reconstruction of his lightsaber. So mm-hmm. the evolution of the character there. And he's killing it. Oh my god, is he ever. With the pistol, with the lightsaber, yeah. with the force. Name your weapon. Yeah, relentless. The force yeah. is the key here because we mm-hmm. do see that clip that was released where he takes control of the ATST pilot. Yes. And he's kind of, and he drives him right off the edge of the cliff. <laughs> Which is something, like, we're both sitting there like, whoa. Whoa, and his teammates too. His yeah. teammates are like, did Kanan teach you that one? Yeah. He's like, no. Yeah, when he gives a really interesting answer to that, he says, no, he didn't teach yeah. you that. Which starts to bring you into the idea that he has a different teacher, at least someone that's guiding him, mentoring right. him in the darker arts. Yeah. So I, I really like that. Mm-hmm. And so we start here, the episode, where they're, they're going to break out someone and yeah. we eventually see that's revealed to be Hondo. Yeah. Who's a nice presence from season two from the Clone Wars. From the Clone Wars, right? Yeah. yeah. And so again, it's bridging those gaps. Yeah, and I finally really did that with season two. Season two is when they really start connecting the strings from uh, the Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get also a nice little touch from Empire. We get the Ugnaught in there. Yeah. And we see them throughout the episode as well. That's right. Loving those ties. Loving so those good. OT ties. Oh, yeah. We have to comment on this because this is something that will come up for sure is how about that Stormtrooper aim? Oh <laughs> it's as good as ever, right? <laughs> Straight hallway and they're blasting at him. Can't even touch yeah, him. Yeah, there's like six of them running in the hallway. Come yeah. on now. <laughs> And then we end up on a Star Destroyer here yeah. with Moff Tarkin, not Grand Moff Tarkin. That's right. And we get the request of the Seventh Fleet by yeah. Governor Price. So this is our first hint at Grand Admiral right. Thrawn. Right. We've all been waiting for this. Yes. Huge anticipation. And yeah. I thought this was going to be an episode that had a lot more Thrawn in it. Right. But like you said, this could be a slow burn. Slow burn, just easing him in. And i got to give a shout out to the voice actor. It's, it's Middleson's brother, I believe they confirmed. Oh, is it? Yeah, and he does such a great job with his voice and the music like you mentioned in the episode. <sighs> yeah, when oh, we finally get wow. the introduction of Thrawn, yeah. his theme is eerily incredible. Right. It's a theme that they use in the trailer when they first introduce Thrawn, the yeah. Thrawn clip, Enter Thrawn or whatever it's called. Yeah. And it's not till literally in the episode that we do get this, but I still can hear it in the back of my head here. Like, it's just that ominous, that... It's, it's, and that little twinkle kind yeah. of sound going on. It's kind of reminiscent of... Is it the Emperor's music? I can't remember. Yeah, it's yeah, close it is, to the Emperor's music. It's close music. to that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's got, and it's got... It almost like this... Oh, like kind of... Yeah. Like, it's really weird, but yeah. it's eerie. It hits, though, right? Oh, I love yeah. it. And it's cool, because... Every time they start talking about Thrawn, you kind of get that mix into the background. Right. And that's something they did in the prequel trilogy when Anakin was starting to turn. They started yes. to mix in Vader's theme. Yes. I'm loving this. And you start you saw that in The Force Awakens too, mixing of the themes. Yeah, it's the best. And it's kind of this hint at each individual character has their own music theme, mm-hmm. their own cue as they come on screen. Exactly. And Thrawn's is, is fantastic. Just kills it. Yeah. So the main mission of our ghost crew here, you know, part of this larger Phoenix cell or whatever yeah. you want to call it, is we're going after Y-Wings. Yeah. Again, bringing in the OT. Like, right? you, can't, you can't get enough of <laughs> can't this. Can't hate on this. No, no, not at all. 
And it's it's this mission to the scrapyard, which again really sets off and demonstrates a lot what Ezra's going through and how he's really starting to lead, but almost lead like lead like a Sith, if you will. Yes, yeah, yeah that's a good callback, right? And then we also start to see the story developing from Kanan's perspective. Mm-hmm. So, like we saw at the end of season two, he's been blinded. And a lot of that is weighing in on Ezra. That guilt is yeah. what's driving him to use the Sith holocron to, to do more, to protect his friends. That's right. And I really like how they're evolving Ezra's character. He's not just being evil for the sake of evil. Yeah. And you could almost say at some point when Anakin turned, it wasn't the Anakin turning that you'd expect it to be. Yeah. It was, it was more, you know, oh, my, my girlfriend or my wife or whatever yeah. is sick and I'm going to save her so I'm going to kill everyone. Yeah. This is Ezra who has this burden of guilt on him yeah. from seeing Ahsoka die yeah. because of him. Finding out his parents have died. Yeah, parents have died yeah. as well as Kanan being blinded. Yeah. And so this is the, the huge amount of guilt that's weighing in on him is driving him towards wanting more power. Yeah. And this is something that I would have really liked to see Anakin yeah. go down this path. But this is, it seems that because they have the time to develop this character yes. and they can really show the seeds of the dark side. And right. he's kind of starting flipping before the end of the episode. But it's, I really like what they're doing here with Ezra. Yeah, they're really nailing it. I mean, I can tell with the Clone Wars, they tried fleshing out more so with Anakin. And this is kind of the route they were going with okay. Ezra. But now it seems, you know, we get more with Ezra going to the dark side. And they, they're really developing it pretty nicely here. It's great. And yeah. you really start to see that rift developing between Kanan and Ezra. And right. that seems it's something that's been boiling for quite some time. Yes. And Ezra's kind of gone down his own path. And mm-hmm. Kanan's kind of almost gone into a personal exile, self-exile. Mm-hmm. And he does mention later on in the episode that he's pushed away the Force. He's pushed away all those people. Yeah. And we do see him coming back around in the end of the episode. But it looks like it's been the better part of a year where he's kind of gone into seclusion here. That's right. And he has the beard going on, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do you, what do you think his new look? I love it. Yeah. I love it. I want that figure. Yeah. <laughs> Cannot wait. <laughs> yes. yes. We need a realistic black series Kanan oh, now. Oh, right. From season three. So good. And we see Kanan kind of going out and seeking advice from what is eventually revealed to be the Bendu. Yeah. And this is someone that he's hearing through the Force, through his meditation. Yeah. And he goes out and trying to find this figure. I love that they're tying this in. And Dave Filoni mm-hmm. is a master at this. It's, he's gone back and taken concepts from George Lucas's original scripts. So there's a book out there called How Star Wars Conquered the Universe. Having listened to that, and they go through the steps, the process that George Lucas went through in developing the Star Wars script. And the uh, concept of the Bendu comes up. Mm-hmm. So it was the Jedi Bendu was what they are originally called. Nice. And then we get the Ashla and the Bogan are also the light and the dark side right. that George Lucas originally conceived. So good. Yeah. And again, it's kind of another callback to the extended U because we had the gray Jedi. Yeah. We never really had a name for them, but now they brought them back and they, they, you know, they titled the Bendu. Yeah. So I'm really on board. But you know, to be honest, when I first heard this news, I wasn't on board with the gray Jedi because I kind of think it takes away from the importance of the Sith and the Jedi. But seeing this character and his voice acting as well i'm really just invested in this yeah. whole plot line going on here i have to absolutely agree there it's got kind of a yoda vibe yeah. kind of, but he's i love this you know you have the ashley of the bogan you have the bendu we're in the middle yes and it, it's such a cool concept mm-hmm. and the owl right oh that owl making another cameo appearance yes. we, we were first introduced to this owl in uh, the clone wars again um the episode was i believe Battle of Mortis. But anyways, that was basically the prophecy that Anakin was meant to fulfill, where you're introduced to um, a Sith, a light Jedi, and then you had the father, which was in between. And the Mortis appeared once the daughter died, which was a female good Jedi, I guess you could say. So there's some things going on. There's some kind of theories going on with this um, this owl who it's tied to, whether it's tied to Ahsoka yeah. or this Jedi that 
appeared on Mortis. So we'll have to see what happens. I'm really looking forward to this to see how this develops because this yeah. is questions that people have asking Dave Filoni for a while, and he's been a bit cagey about yeah. it. And even to look at Sabine's armor, yes, on her left arm, she's got a drawing of the owl. And I don't know if that's there before. I'm gonna have to go back and I don't look. think it was. No, it looks no. like something new. Yeah. Right. While we're talking about Sabine, let's talk a bit about more of the Ghost Crew. Yeah. And their introduction here. So a lot of this episode is focused in on Ezra. Kanan and the introduction of Thrawn to a degree. Mm-hmm. But we also have the whole ghost crew returning here. Yeah. We have Sabine. She's got a new look. Yeah, the white and blue hair. Yeah. yeah. So we get our action figure drop in here and not nice. too long, I don't think. Is that based off the season two? I the believe so. Season two realistic look. Yes. Cool. So, and then we got Zeb also. You know, another great presence, another great Macquarie art. Right. That's what Chewbacca was supposed to yeah. look like. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And then we've got uh, Rex. Rex. Oh, yeah. My what a man. presence. What a presence. Oh, he's great. Yeah, and it's so good, those callbacks. And seeing him being a larger part of this rebellion, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, man, wouldn't it be so cool if he showed up in Rogue One? Like, he's oh, just in the background. I know. Well, he's in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, it's confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Good to see the whole ghost crew even chop her back. Yeah. And we get Hera. Another, she's, yeah, she's Cindula. Taking, yeah, she's taking that leadership role to the next level of Phoenix Cell, right? Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, stepping up like her father. Yes, yeah. yeah. And about midway through the episode, we get the introduction, the full introduction of Thrawn. And you pointed out as they're discussing his promotion to Grand Admiral Thrawn. Because mm-hmm. that came as a surprise to the officers standing around him. That's right. And you said this is going to be the focus of the Thrawn book. Right. The battle that they've mentioned here, they've mm-hmm. dropped that there are more civilian casualties than there were rebel casualties. Yes. And then Governor Price steps back and says, but those rebels are no more. Mm-hmm. So you're already starting to see oh, the concept of Thrawn here. And yeah. we've read the books, you know, we know a lot about Thrawn here. And yes, they are changing and we're dropping him in a different timeline, mm-hmm. but he's got the same vibe, you know, talking about understanding people, understanding yes. their art, their culture. And he's acting, at least in part, as an advisor to these other Imperial officers mm-hmm. throughout this episode. But the eyes. Oh. The eyes are incredible, eh? Yes. Especially when they do that one transition shot where his eyes kind of marinate still in the scene yeah. as everything kind of fades out. And you're just focusing on those eyes, right? Yeah, just linger. And that's yeah. a big point in a lot of the concept drawings and all the yeah. drawings you saw from the novels. Always focused on the blue skin, yes. the white suit, and the red eyes. That's right. Do you mind the fact that his red eyes have pupils? Does that bother you as much? No, I kind of yeah. like it. It gives yeah. a little personality there yeah. and it fits with the aesthetic of Star Wars Rebels. That's right. And I'm really looking forward to Timothy Zahn's book coming out in April. I can yep. And I'm hoping that, yeah, like you mentioned, that yeah. it does discuss right. kind of his promotion, maybe even from a, a general or something like that, a fleet admiral, moving right through into this Grand Admiral Thrawn of, I believe it must be the Seventh Fleet, as they yeah, refer to. right. And it, will it touch upon Palpatine and his relationship? Because he's he's prejudiced Palpatine basically yeah. towards aliens, right? So I'm really curious to know if they'll go that route. Obviously, they can't really do that on the XD show, but in the books, maybe. Yeah, in the right? books, they could imply it here. Because like... They like, could. They, they've taken a darker turn here. Yeah. And like you're saying, Palpatine's always thought to be more or less racist, yes. right? And because you only get like your white males. And it's yeah. nice to see a female in here, too, yeah. as a you know commanding officer, Governor Price. Yeah. And that's something that you do see in the Aftermath books, actually. Right. So they're the books that are now taking the place of the old Thrawn trilogy, mm-hmm. the, the Aftermath trilogy, post-Return of the Jedi, post the Battle of Endor. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing a lot of female high-ranking officers, mm-hmm. even... Grand Admirals, yeah. taking the helm of some of the remaining Star Destroyers 
and what's left over of a good chunk of the Imperial Navy. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad that they're really kind of mixing that in because that was an element that was always missing from the OT. But the fact that Rebels are mixing that in, it makes the Aftermath books, which aren't really even connected at all to this, but it makes the relevance, you know, a little bit more important Mm -hmm. as far as the fact that, yes, there are these fleet admirals that are kicking around and that are female, that are alien, that are different. And so it allows them to expand even greater into post-Return of the Jedi and into the comic book realm as well. That's right. The ghost crew is sent out on a mission here, and that's to recover the Y-Wings, like we said. And mm-hmm. we they find themselves basically in a battle with the Empire here with, again, returning old admirals. Yeah. And it's great to see that man, the choppers and that, looks like 1970s Englishman. Because it's, again, it's capturing that aesthetic of the original trilogy in this. It really does, right? It's a really nice blend of the Clone Wars and the original trilogy. It really is. I'd say even more so, so far than what I've seen of Rogue One. This this whole episode, this direction felt very A New Hope, yes. right? From the transition shots, just just the way everything was done. I was like, this is this fits right into A New Hope. Yeah, and like you look at the first season of Star Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. and it looks a lot more aesthetically, at least, like the Clone Wars. And yeah. You're looking at the shapes and the ships. Yeah. And then as we move into season two is your kind of transition season. And I had to fully agree with you. Mm-hmm. Season three here, at least from this first episode, we're looking at... Almost a new hope. You're, right. You're looking at the, the Star Destroyer designs, yeah. the look to the individual fleet admirals and generals and all that, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, we're even down to the lightsabers, the stormtroopers, right. all of that. Mm-hmm. So you're really starting to blend in the Clone Wars right through the transition season, we'll call it, of Rebels, yeah. into now where we're getting really close to at least Rogue One and a new hope. Right. Lots of action in this episode. The animation is great here. They keep stepping it up from year on year, right? Mm-hmm. And just seeing the... Ezra and the stormtroopers and everyone interacting and fighting here. We get the Ugnaughts again returning. Hondo yeah. doing his thing. Right. And Ezra just relentless. He is. You know, it kind of reminded me a little bit, for everybody out there, I'm sure you must have seen, Captain America Winter Soldier. The opening scene where he's doing the espionage with the shield yep. on the bunker boat. The way this episode started off kind of had that feel going on, you yeah. know? Just so cool. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, he gets up in the tower there and General or whatever it is looks at him and kind of says... You know, if you do this, your friends are going to die and we're going to die. And he says, I have confidence in my friends, so I don't care. And he turns around and swipes it. And again, this no remorse attack. Right. That's something that a Jedi doesn't really represent, right? No, no. Not at all. And it's interesting the writing's taken in this direction. Like we said, like I think it's fantastic. It's really great. Are. And they're not holding back at all. Everyone speculated, is he going to go that path? But here they're just fully blown, just letting yes. you know he's walking that line. And as long as they can commit to this path, yes, we're going to see him waver back and forth. And yeah. it looks like from the previews next week that we're going to get the reintroduction of Maul back mm-hmm. into season three. Yeah, old master. Old yes. master, yes. What a great presence in the end of season two there, too. Yeah. Yeah, such a good job. I really appreciate Maul more so what they've done already in Rebels than Clone Wars because Clone Wars is kind of a mess. Yeah. Right? So I really like what they've done, kind of brought him back to what we've seen before in uh, Phantom Menace. Yeah, with the legs and he's Mm -hmm. kind of this... Yeah, real stoic, but he's always got this plan going on in the background. Yeah. I really, really like what they've done there. Definitely. Our Rebels are successful in gaining the Mm Y-Wings, but then they do encounter the Imperial fleet as they're fleeing here. And again, it's under the advisement of Grand Admiral Thrawn that the Imperials pull back. So again, it's building this concept that we do have a growing rebellion and that Thrawn's the only one that sees this as a credible threat. Right. Because everyone else is like, oh, that's the whole rebel fleet. And Thrawn, first thing he says is, no, that's not the whole rebel fleet. Yeah. And I'm, I'm loving that concept, that tactics that you're yes. already feeling from Thrawn. Yeah, pulling the strings, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, loving exactly. that. Exactly. And then a nice finish to the episode. We see Kanan coming back around 
acknowledging the fact that he's pushed away the force as he's gone back and talked to the Bendu there. Yeah. And then seeing Kanan re-embrace the force here, and which allows him to see right. beyond sight, right? Mm-hmm. He's starting to feel and experience the force again. And yeah. it's nice to see a character come back around from what seems like a very dark place, yeah. especially for a Jedi. Mm-hmm. And he goes on a mission with Hera to save our ghost crew. Yep. And it's nice to see that interaction again between Kanan and Ezra. We seem to see a reconciliation towards the end of the episode mm, full circle. of the two, where Ezra starts to acknowledge the fact that maybe he shouldn't have been using the Sith holocron. Mm-hmm. That's right. And we got a really great moment, action scene there, right? Yeah. With the ship crashing. Uh, Kanan saves Ezra, obviously. And then we see a cool slow motion shot of the ship, the ghost ship, kind of do a 360 spin yeah. and leave the, the explosion, right? Yeah. yeah again, it's, it's that animation. Right. Yes. They've done a hell of a job on this episode. They really have. And it's, sometimes it's funny because you look at it, and I find it particularly with the ships, yeah. it's really close to what you would see in A New Hope. Right. And yeah. sometimes I'm like, I can't tell if they've done a model here and then just, I don't know. Right. What they, it's really weird sometimes. I find it just with the ships, but mm-hmm. it fits the universe and it fits the animation. Yeah, it does. It's fantastic. But sometimes I'm like, this is almost too real. That's right. And, and speaking of ships, the yellow TIE fighters oh, we were introduced yeah. to this episode. Wow. Yeah, they look like some, probably some sort of mercenary crew that the Empire had hired. But right. the fact that they have yellow TIE yellow fighters. Yellow TIE fighters? When are we going to get that? I, I'm, I'm fully on board, yeah. though. I love them. <laughs> And that's something cool that I think Rogue One's going to take some liberties with, as well as Rebels, is they've taken concepts from the prequels, from the original trilogy, mm-hmm. and kind of twisted them and put their own spin on The fact that we're getting yellow TIE Fighters? Yeah. Incredible. Oh, yeah. Incredible. So cool. How did you feel coming towards the end of this episode for the season premiere? Was this what you were expecting it to be? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it's, it's all around pretty good episode. It was not my favorite of the whole uh, series so far, but it's, it's pretty good. It wrapped up nicely. Didn't really have any disappointments. Uh, like you said, and I'm on board, I, I thought we were going to get a little bit more Thrawn. Yeah. But I can understand why we didn't. But everything was good. They really touched upon Kanan where he's been and Ezra where he is right now. And those were the two main focal points leaving season finale of season two. Yeah. Right. So everything worked for me. I still wonder if we're going to see something to do with Ahsoka. And obviously we've got Maul coming up next on the after show we saw, yeah. right, for the preview. So I'm loving it. Yeah, me too. I have to say that... It was very much a setup episode. It's really answering some of the questions coming out of season two as far as where characters have gone since that big episode. And you fully come into this and you're like, okay, I'm on board with the characters here. Mm-hmm. And also the aspect I like is this concept of the building rebellion. Yes. Because at the end of this, we're going to get Rogue One eventually, mm-hmm. right? And that's where the rebellion is fully the Rebel Alliance. Mm-hmm. And this is something they've been building since season one. And when I first heard of Rebels, I thought it was always going to be like, you know, this is the Rebel Alliance fighting the Empire. But no, it's been about building that alliance. And I think that's a lot of what this season's going to be about. Mm-hmm. Not only is it going to be about Ezra going one way or the other, Kanan maybe coming back around and, and re-embracing the Jedi nature, yeah. as well as exploring a bit more of the complexities of the Force. Yes. But I think it's going to be really about building that rebellion and finally getting our rebel alliance, yep. you know, a Mon Mothma-led, right? Right. And starting to really flesh that out a bit more until we have larger scale battles. And I think lending to that is the fact that we're going to have Thrawn in this. Right. And we're going to need a very forceful and well-equipped rebel alliance yes. to take on Thrawn. We mm-hmm. can't just rely on the ghost crew exactly. to be going up against Thrawn no. week on, week out. No. And I don't think we're going to get that. Like you said, it's going to be a slow burn on Thrawn. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get Maul next week. And we're going to yes. get all these different aspects. And there's always still Vader in the background. Yeah. But I think we're actually going to see the Rebel Alliance fully coming together in this season. That's and right. I'm really excited for that. Do you think also, because we are going to get more Mandalorians, do you think they are going to join up more so with the Rebels to take on Thrawn? 
I don't know. I think the Mandalorians are always going to be a nice nod to the greater Star Wars universe. Yeah, old Republic. I think it's going to be, we have episodes that are focused around Thrawn, mm-hmm. and then we have episodes where they're doing side missions, and we get the Mandalorians, yeah. and we get the building of the bigger foundation of the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. and pulling back in those Legends concepts, and yes. pulling concepts back from the prequels. Dave Filoni is the main producer on yes. your main creator, yeah. and he has this love for Star Wars, and he has a love for the EU, but oh, yeah. he wants to pull in these concepts that people love from the EU in particular. Yeah. And I think we're going to continue to get that. I so, yeah, so. fantastic way to start Season 3. Yeah. Lives up to the expectations. Can't wait to see more Thrawn. I thought we we're going to get a little more here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I'm happy to see because they've shown some of the scenes and I just cannot wait to discuss some of that in a little more detail and see how much they actually pull from Heir to the Empire and yeah. those books coming on the other side of Return of the Jedi from the former EU. That's right. Yeah, all around. That is a great episode. Totally on board. Like you said, I hope we get to see a little bit more of an extended view coming up in here, but I think we will with Simon Kemberg and Dave Filoni. Yep. Those guys are a great powerhouse. My fingers are crossed to still see Dash Rendar maybe hopefully pop up. Why not? Um, either than that, uh, keep it locked here, guys. Yes, Star Wars Rebels Alert. So these are going to be shorter episodes. Yep. You know, We usually do hour, hour and a half episodes on the Nerd Room where we're talking about news and then we do kind of a big segment towards yep. the end where we discuss about something in particular. These are going to be kind of quick hit episodes. I'm going to try to get these out to you as soon as possible so that you're hearing this coming right off the back. So Mm -hmm. you can almost get the same experience that we're getting discussing it and listening right after you watch the episode. We're going to be coming at you every single week that there's an episode dropping from Star Wars Rebels Season 3. Yes. And eventually, hopefully, maybe we'll go back and discuss some of the larger Season 1 and Season 2 arcs as we kind of go through this, yeah. maybe after Season 3 has fully aired. Yeah. You can always grab us on Twitter, SWRebelsAlert, yeah. at Gmail, at SWRebelsAlert. You can always grab us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. One thing that we did try to do right before we leave here, <laughs> so we tried to do a slight giveaway to celebrate the debut of our podcast. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give away Season 2, the full season on Blu-ray, and... I threw up on Twitter. I'd never done this before, you know, a little giveaway. And I just said, follow and retweet, right? And I didn't realize that people wrote bots for this type of thing. So I go into these individual people and they're all fakes. So what we're going to do here, so we still want to do that. We still want to give away to a listener something to celebrate the debut of the Mm -hmm. podcast. So if you are listening to this right now, just drop us a line on Twitter, Facebook, or Gmail. Yep. And just let us know that you listen to the show. Give us your input. If you think we suck, tell us that. Give, yep. <laughs> if you Give wanna, us a prediction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah predictions, yeah. whatever. And we're looking for your input. We're looking to build this community. And then next week, we'll announce the winner. And then we'll send it to wherever it is that you live. A copy of Star Wars Rebels Season 2. And it's a great season. The best season so far in this franchise. So, so. far. I'm thinking that we're heading towards the best season yet. Yeah, I think so. Season 3. This is the Empire right yes. here. Yeah. We look forward to discussing Star Wars Rebels next week. Mm-hmm. Make sure to keep it locked on Star Wars Rebels Alert. And... If you want, go check out our other podcast, The Nerd Room, which sits over on the same feed as you're listening to right now. Every Thursday we drop an episode and we talk about comic books, movies, all that kind of neat nerd stuff. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, until next week, this is Star Wars Rebels Alert signing off. I'm Tim. I'm Troy. 